world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, uh, this show's kind of like therapy, isn't it? Isn't it like therapy? And it's crazy because when I don't, when we don't do the show on Saturday and Sunday, it's like I'm chomping at the bit crazy. I got some stuff in me that I want to want to get out. Hey, John, I was just thinking about something here. Right? As, as we're getting ready to roll here for show 2095, is that, that's unbelievable in itself, isn't it? 2095 shows. Uh, I need a camera here, and I need a camera here, and a camera here. Because I notice I look here a lot, and I look here a lot, and there's nothing more distracting than somebody talking to you and they're not looking at you, you know? So I just want, if you guys could see this multi-million dollar studio that I'm in, you would know I got a camera, right here's a camera, I can touch it. No camera right there. Here's the screen, and on the screen, I see people's faces. And on also on the screen, I see, like, when somebody put their hands up, I see who puts their hands up. So I'm looking up here a lot, because this is where all the information's coming from. Then over here, I have a computer, and it's where my links are and all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes you guys will be talking to me and you'll think, well, he's not even listening to me. Well, I'm looking over here at something. It's not that I'm not listening. So it's a distraction. So I apologize to all of you. They got so much, much stuff, so many things, so much going on, so much on the plate, so much of an agenda. And, you know, I, I um, oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Is anybody out there, the longer you're around, the, you come to the realization how little you know. I mean, really, the, the more you learn, the dumber I know that I am. Here's the good news. I know I'm way smarter than a lot of other people. But, man, there's so much stuff that, I, that <laughs> I'm really ignorant about. I'm really ignorant about. And I, want, I, want to, I don't want anybody to take this wrong, although you, you probably do, because that's what people do. They take things wrong. Um, uh, let me I got this thing going to fall over here. Hang on. Oh, Lord. Uh, Man, we really believe what we really believe, don't we? We really believe. And so that's why I think it's so hard in the time and the place and the information and the age that we live in. It would have been so much easier to have been a Christian 50 years ago, 60 years ago, and easier to be a Christian 200 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Probably would have been easier. Easier in a different sense. We've got to realize that for the most part, even though the Bible, God's Word is thousands and thousands of years old, for the most part, most people didn't have access to it. And I think that's probably part of why the Catholic Church, maybe somewhere along the line, in my opinion, I'll make some Catholics mad here, maybe got off on the wrong foot because uh, they didn't have a Bible. And, you know, I spent all my all my life, I was raised Catholic. I've shared that with many of you. I don't hate Catholics. None of that stuff. So, you know, you can say whatever you want to about it. Funny, you know, I don't think it's any of my family. My my mom and dad raised five of us. Mom wasn't a Catholic. Mom was a Protestant. She was a mutt. She'd go to this church for a while, that church for a while. But dad always took all of us to the Catholic church. And of all of his five five children, I don't think any of us are Catholics anymore. Mer- Michelle, my wife, is a she was raised Catholic. I don't think she's a Catholic anymore. And I, I thank God for uh, my Catholicism because it taught me. Uh, I didn't learn anything about the Lord, but I sure learned to be afraid of him. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I would walk into the Catholic Church, and uh, when I, from the time I walked in, and my dad was ready to crack me up the side of the head if I said something or I disrupted something or I did anything in church, man. So I, I, had a, I grew up with a great fear and reverence of God. Didn't know him. Didn't know him. But uh, it was a great foundation. Well, I found Christ outside the Catholic Church. That doesn't mean he's not in there. He, I mean, he, I know a lot of God-loving, God-fearing Catholic men and women, and I do disagree with them theologically, but, man, some some guys who are deep, deep Catholic believers, man, you can't, shoo we those dudes are deep. They're deep. But I know I know this about me because, again, I was one of them. I wouldn't even allow, the, fact, the idea of taking a Bible with you to church, are you kidding me? 
why don't you take a Bible to church? The priest is going to stand up in front of you in Latin, and he's going to tell you everything you needed to know. It just happened to be in Latin. Now, if you didn't know Latin, that, that's okay. Trust, trust, but verify, right? Trust him. And I found Christ outside the, I found found Christ outside the Catholic Church. My mom, the whole time, one thing, my mom was a, what they would call Protestant. I said that. And my mom, you guys, ever, anybody out there remember when Billy Graham used to be on TV? Remember they'd have three night crusades and Billy Graham would be on, he'd be on channel 10 Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights. And my mom made us all sit down and watch Billy Graham crusades. And you, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy because I think a lot of the word got into me as a young kid. And I, I received Christ at the old Jet Stadium in Columbus, Ohio, right just off of South, uh, Route uh, 70 in downtown Columbus at the Jet Stadium. I went forward and Walked, walked an aisle, uh, said the prayer, received Christ, went back home and went back to the Catholic Church and rotted on the rotted on the vine, so to speak. So I I, I, be, I believe this. That the scripture tells us that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And you cannot teach something you don't know. You cannot teach something you don't know. And sometimes we get so, what, what, what would Christianity look like? And the day could be coming, by the way when we don't have Bibles anymore. You guys have enough Christianity in your heart to be able to be able to carry you through? Do you have the, do you have the scriptures written on your heart? And, uh, you know, I've always been a guy that's been pretty good with, I just been, language has always kind of been my thing. I can memorize, I can memorize speeches and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so I have a lot of, a lot of Bible that I've, I've put, I've, I've memorized. I mean, not, not memorized, but scriptures will pop up to me and I can, I can quote them. I have the word inside of me. And I really think that from a Catholic perspective, in particular, there's no word inside most Catholics because they don't, they don't teach you, they don't teach you to memorize it. And I'm not making fun of Catholics. Uh, what what good what good is Catholicism going to be? What good is any religion going to be to you if you can't get to church? If they shut down the Catholic Church, what what are the millions and millions of Catholics going to do if they can't get to church to get the elements, which they believe to be the body, uh, the actual body and blood of of Jesus Christ, the transubstantiation. Uh, I, I think about these kind of things all the time, all the time. That faith without works is dead. And if you're not plugging your faith in, if it's not, I, I was telling Michelle the other day, just hang on, I'm on the stream of consciousness here a minute. Uh, I, I'm, I just, I don't want this to sound holier than now because it's, it's not. And I'm telling you, my thoughts are always about the word or around the word everywhere I go. See stuff going on and thinking about what this says and what the Bible says about this. It's it's just it's just kind of become part part of who I am, and that's one of the reasons probably Saturdays and Sundays are so horrific for me because I sit around and I don't have a place to vent, a place to discuss it. So I'm I'm saying all this to say that, um, man, we'll go to war on what we believe, won't we? We'll go to war on it, and uh, we got we got in we got almost. What's the word I'd look for? Sheila was in here on Friday, and uh, boy, he got kind of contentious. I think that's a good word. And by the way, I said on Friday, that's, that can be a good thing, by the way, because the Bible tells us that we're to earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered for the saints. So if you believe something to be true, I expect you to contend for it. You, sh- you should contend, right? I'm, I was a contender. So, so uh, what was that movie, Marlon Brando? I could have been a contender. What? Uh, we are to content, but sometimes that contention, boy, it becomes mean. It becomes mean. And I don't know about you guys. I ain't got it all figured out yet. I don't have it all figured out. And I'm not afraid. Not a bone in my body that makes me afraid to uh, to question what I've been taught. I'm just telling you the truth. I had some guy said, "Let me read you an email." A guy sent me today. I just see if I can respond to you. And uh, I love I love these kind of things. I don't know the guy; he's just a listener. He says, "Coach, I've been listening to you each morning with my brother, with my brother in Christ. I'm curious what you believe in concerning the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and spiritual gifts, etc." He said, "You had Bill Johnson on, and you said you're not 100 supportive of him. He's a big time believer about this. I'm just wondering your views. Keep passing salt, Psalm 133." I thought, "Wow, yeah. What do I believe about it?" And why is there so much contention in Christian circles about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues? And my response to him was, John, I believe in the baptism 
with all other gifts. Yes, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. Yes, I believe in that. But believe it has been mistaught and abused and it's become a sideshow. That, that's, that's, what, that's what I think. That's what I think. But the point I'm trying to make is we, as we get rolling here, first thing on uh, February is almost over. Jeez, how much we're willing to go for the war to something we really don't know for sure. We really don't know. And that's where the contention rises. And how do we, how do we, see, this is what forms denominations, right? This is what forms religious sects and S-E-C-T-S. One of the things I've always tried to do ever since I've been doing this show is to tell you, tell you guys sometimes, I don't know, man. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what I feel about. I don't know what I feel about certain things. I really don't know. I'm in the process of, Bible tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And I'm going to tell you something I think is really, from my perspective, I think we have very little grace with people who don't agree with us. That'd be a time to say boom out there. That'd be a good time for somebody to say amen. And here's the truth. You will never, ever pound truth into my head. You'll never do that. You'll never ridicule me. You'll never say, you'll, you'll never be able to. Only the Holy Spirit can guide me to, to that truth. So if you, have a, if you have something that you absolutely firmly believe, well, share it with love. Don't pound me on the head and say, I'm on my way to hell. And I'm gonna say, not that you guys do that, but we have a tendency to do that, right? If you don't believe like me, if you don't think like me, uh, well, you're, you, you don't have it. You don't have it all together. You're not a very good Christian, yada, 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 yada. And I, I, I try to guard against that the best I can. I don't ever, ever want this venue to become something like that. And I sensed a little bit of that last week. Uh, again, people believe in what they believe, contending for the faith. It's a good thing. But at the same time, there's got to be some grace and some mercy in there as well. And some humility. Thank, thanks, Pete. Some humility that people just aren't where you are. And what's that old saying? I didn't think it could be till it happened to me. Huh? The guy with the experience is always at an advantage with the guy who doesn't have the experience. I mean, you can tell me all you want to, the tongues are fake. There's no such thing as tongues. You ain't going to convince me. And I'm not going to convince you that tongues are real if you haven't had the experience. I'm not going to, right? So I, 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 that's what I, that's one of the things I love about this. And one of the things that I hate about this is uh, uh, Christianity. No wonder we're so screwed up. So many different things. Is Christ returning? Is there a rapture? Is he going to take everybody out of here? Or is he coming back and he's taking all the dead out of here? Is he going to bundle up the, the, the what's it say? Bundle up the, the tears and they burn them. How's that, how's that all going to play out? And just so many different things like that. To be honest with you, we really don't know. Yet we believe, and then we get mad when others don't believe like this. Uh, as, as Chad would say, does this make sense? That makes sense. And so we have to we have to share we have to give each other a little bit of grace in here and be able to maybe maybe I need to turn the show over to some of you who really, really believe like because I was listening to Craig and uh, Sheila. I listened to both both of them yesterday. And Craig look, Craig has done all kinds of research on on the uh, the eclipses and on the uh, grand solar minimum, and I know that's right up his alley, boom, 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 and I'm listening to Craig and Sheila, and I thought they were really telling us the exact same thing. <laughs> they just believed there was a different outcome. <laughs> one thought it was bad, one thought it was good, huh? but wasn't something worth going to war over, right? So I, I love this because we're not all of, of the same mind, right? We're not all of the same mind. You're allowed to believe something different here, and I hope we never get to the point where you're ridiculed or thrown out or kicked to the curb because you don't believe like everybody else. Because a lot of things, baby, we just don't know. It's only through faith. It's only through faith that some of these things are ever going to be revealed to us. It's like telling somebody what it's like to be a parent. Well, you can think you know, but you'll never know until you've been one. You'll never know until you've been one. Then you get one and say, oh, now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> now I get it. And I remember before I had children, I, you know, I was coaching I was coaching and didn't have any kids of my own. And I would ask myself, why the, why the hell do parents let their kids get away with that? I'd be what I'd think. And then I had my own kids and I saw why. <laughs> I, I understand that, right? So uh, remember, only the Holy Spirit, only the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. And that's, that's my mantra, going to continue to be my mantra here. And um, 
just I appreciate, I appreciate all of you joining us in here today. I want I want to I want to dive in here uh, some things that gotta really really ask ourselves because there's some real real uh, exposés exposing going on in the American culture that uh, those people in positions of authority should not be ignoring, and they are. Now the question is why. Are they ignoring them? And number two, why are we permitting them to ignore them? Let me show you this right off the bat. Pull up Mitch McConnell. Can somebody explain to me why anybody in the American government would permit this guy to continue to serve? Just a real quick clip. Go ahead, go ahead and play that. Uh, okay. Senator, you're up for election in three short years. What are your thoughts on that? I'm sorry, I had a hard time hearing you. That's okay. What are your thoughts on running for re-election in 2026? What are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's good. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? Yes. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Penny. Now, this guy's fourth in line to be president okay. of the United States. Fourth in line to be president of the United States. Would he, would he, uh, if he was head of the uh, uh, CBS Evening News, would he have the job if he acted like that? And what's going on? So, I see, I like to go deeper. I go deeper. What are the spiritual elements that are keeping this guy in power? See, the Republicans have chosen this guy as their leader. Can somebody tell me what's going on? Yeah, is he even a real, is that even a real person? Do we really know that? And the deeper we get into technology and understand exactly what's going on, do we really, really know? And somebody ought to call J.D. Vance, who's our senator, somebody ought to call their senator and say, what the hell's going on? What the hell's going on with Mitch McConnell? How can that guy be our, how can that guy be our leader? But see, we don't do that. Doesn't doesn't matter to us, so so we don't do it. He just he just is what he is, right? Just he just is what he is. And so, these are the things that aggravate me more than anything about our, our Christian faith. Is the falsehoods in front of us? Who's the only one who's going to do something about the falsehood? Are we just going to elect other Republicans? who then get somehow co-opted into this system, that Mitch McConnell somehow has some type of power and control over them. Are, are we not smart enough to see this? The same thing's going on with the president of the United States. You can't possibly believe that Joe Biden has a mental capability to be president of the United States. The, the most important job in all of the world, and we, we kind of laugh. We make fun of the fact that the guy, the most powerful guy in the world, uh, is mentally challenged. Really pretty, it's really pretty amazing, right? What's going on? What do we do about this? Do I call my local sheriff? Can he do something about it? To whom do we turn? Do I go to the Republican Party? Do I go to the Democrat Party? Or to whom do we turn? So I'm, I want to. Uh, I'll let you come in here in a second, Roger. I want to. I want to. I want to present some evidence to you, some stuff that to me is absolutely unbelievable, without a doubt, true, and why the church doesn't fail. It's, you know, if you watch the show, I always come back to that, right? I always come back to what's the truth supposed to be? We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. If something is amiss, do we expect the evil people to do something about it? Why doesn't the church get involved? Why don't we yet, Janine? Whatever happened to citizens' arrest? Where's Gomer Pyle when you need him? Where is he? Citizens' arrest. You mean if I called J.D. Vance my senator, who's the other one? Do we still have, is that other still have, that Democrat ain't no good? Sherrod Brown, is he still our other senator? I think he is. Are you guys calling them and asking what the hell's going on with Mitch McConnell? Anybody? Are we doing that? Maybe we should be doing that. Ask them what's going on with him. Huh? huh? What's going on with Mitch McConnell? Because by the way, Mitch is on our team. See, wouldn't be like criticizing the other team. He's he's our team leader. He is our team leader, right? We want this guy to. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Come on in, Roger. There, Dave. Yes. I, you asked the question, you know, why do we 
Why do we let him hang? I think he's a placeholder. I think um, the ability for them to have a placeholder is far more important than any leadership skill. I think it's very simple. And then I think it comes back to the issue of money. He controls a huge senatorial money thing. He does, Roger, or the position does? Probably the position, but right now he's in the position. Right, right. Um, and I, I think uh, I think he's a placeholder. I think, you know, Joe Biden, nobody would, everybody would say that he is not competent, but he's a placeholder until they have another placeholder. So shouldn't, shouldn't, that, shouldn't that alert us? Shouldn't that, shouldn't that bother us that there are placeholders? Who, he's a gate. Absolutely. This should, this should this not bother us. And because, see, this isn't like it was back in 1960 and 1970 when you couldn't see these guys. You see these guys every day. We say, you know, there's something wrong with this guy. Folks, this is the guy fourth in line to be president of the United States. This guy right here is fourth in line. Fourth in line. And look who's first in line. We have two of them who, look who's third, second in line. Kamala Harris. Look at this stuff. Look at the, the either the evil or the ignorance of our leaders. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do about it? Is there something we're supposed to do about it? What's the, what's the role of the church? How do we let this continue to go on? We had, all, we had a party over here last night. All 10 of my grandbabies were here. And I just kind of sat back and just kind of looked around and just admired all the blessings that the Lord's given Michelle and I to have those little grandbabies all sitting around, running around, loving on each other, playing, fighting, pulling each other's hair. It's just, it's glamorous, right? It's just glamorous. And realize that that was me 50 years ago. Well, 60 years ago, that was me with my cousins. And what kind of world am I leaving them? And am, am I willing really to bet on the fact that there's a rapture is going to come, is going to save all of us out of here? Am I really, am I, am I willing to invest everything I believe in that idea? Man, that's, that's pretty wicked because if it isn't true, and I think that we are seeing a, a climax, a cataclysm, which is what Sheila was talking about, also what Craig was talking about, this thing's coming to a head, baby. It's coming to a head. And I don't know what's on the other side of it. You know, the Soviet Union fell. Could America fall? Yeah, America could fall. And the world continue on? Yes, it, it could. But I'm going to tell you this. Jesus Christ is King of Kings, and his throne will be exalted here on earth. It will be exalted here on earth. Now, how that's all going to play out, I, I don't know. But I can tell you that for the most part, we are, we have yelled, uncle. We are, uh, we are surrendering, um, boy, at a really, really important time. Pull up window to the womb. Window to the womb. I'm just going to ask this, as we all think this thing through. Just, just freeze there a second. Um, do we believe abortion is murder? Do Christians, I'm talking about Christians. Do Christians believe that abortion is murder? And if Jesus Christ himself told us that it would be better for us to put a millstone around our neck and throw ourselves into the deepest part of the ocean than to uh, really destroy one of these little ones who believe in me. That's pretty serious stuff, man. That's pretty serious. So he takes, he takes the education of his children pretty serious. And what do we just see? Is it up there in Maine, Jack? What? Not what in Maine? Where is it? Alabama, some place where they've now ruled that frozen embryos are human beings. The courts ruled that. Where was that? Somebody, somebody. Help Alabama, me out. coach. It's Alabama. in Alabama. Alabama. The courts in Alabama now now ruled that frozen embryos are human beings. Wow. Now what are they going to do with them? Now what are they see this because we, we we're going to be continually forced to face the truth of the Bible, whether we want it or not. So I saw this window to the womb. This is a never-before-seen look at time. Um, how do they call that? Um, time elapsed, elapsed time of the baby in the womb. And I want you to watch this. And first of all, every pastor in America should be forced to watch it. Every elder board should be forced to watch it. And then come out of that meeting and say, well, the Supreme Court has ruled. The people have voted. It's just, it's just a couple minutes. It's fascinating. Window to the womb. Go ahead and play that, Johnny. John. Folks, there at the bottom, this is Olivia. You see, they tell you week four, 
day 15. This is the actual development of a womb baby from the motive, moment of conception to natural birth. Okay, so that you will see the weeks change and the days change. Go ahead. Freeze that a second. Do you think you'll ever see the light of the day in an American public school classroom? Should it? Should Christians demand it? Go ahead. So how can the American church permit this to continue on? Can, can anybody ever, can anybody can anybody explain it? Paul said they don't even show it in medical school. How can we, how can we continue to permit this to go on? Guys like Mitch McConnell, the people that we put in office. Bible says that uh, evil walks on every side when the vilest of men are exalted. And we have nincompoops who are in positions of authority in America. How that happened, I, I don't even know. By, by nincompoops, I mean people who've been trained in wokeness and, and all this stupid cultural stuff that's going on, and they're in positions of authority, and they're making decisions about what's, what's, going, what's going to go on in our schools, what our kids are going to be taught. And, and we, wonder why we're, we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. What are we going to do about it? Are, are, is the church called to do anything about it? Real, real human beings being slaughtered like that? We know it to be true. The video shows it. Pastors won't talk about it. Doesn't seem to matter. I don't know. Pull up for me, uh, uh, Steve Kirsch for me. So Steve Kirsch, go ahead, Dale. Well, well, Coach, I'm not sure if you're aware of the the D.C. arrest that Heather Ardoni was in. Are you familiar with the other people that were in that case or no? Uh, No, maybe not all of them. Okay, you ready for this? Hold, Hold your chair. I'll show you how impotent the church is. How about that some of those people that were arrested in that rescue were atheists? Some of them were, you ready? Homosexuals? Coach, you understand what I'm saying? We've got ungodly, unworldly, unbelieving people doing the job because the church is afraid to do it. And that's the truth, man. They got the progressives up there. They, you know why they started debating about the face charges? It's because they went to the jail. Ready? Not, not the church. These progressives, these unbelieving people went to the jail and kept going day after day, rallying for their, their buddies that were in there that were arrested about these people in the D.C. And where was the church? Crickets. Hey, Dale, I, what if they passed a law? Now, somebody's going to clip this, right? What if the Congress passed a law? saying that uh, you could kill unborn children in the womb if you knew they were going to be gay or transsexual. Can you imagine how hard the other side would fight? Can you imagine how hard they all of a sudden become pro-life? Can you imagine, folks? That's a pretty good angle. Huh? Yep. If they're going to be queer, let's kill them in the womb. Oh, they'd be screaming and hollering, wouldn't they? Huh? Okay, I want you to watch this because here's another one that I don't know how long this is going to continue to go on, but it's the exact same thing unless the church gets involved 
It's, it's not going to matter. Put this at about. I think we. I think we can play this at 1.7 speed. This is Steve Kirsch. You say who's Steve Kirsch? Well, he's going to tell you who he is. But he's just a researcher. That's all he is. He's just a researcher. And during his, he was watching what was going on with the vaccine. He went. He went, He had no position on it. He was just watching what was going on. Now, are you ready, folks? He now has proof that there are at least 17 million people dead because of the vaccine. 17 million people. And what does our government keep telling us to do? Safe and effective, telling you to take it. At what point is some church organization, some Christian organization, going to pick this up and be the salt of the earth and show what's going on? And then hang Fauci and hang McConnell and hang all those, yes, yes, hang all those murderers who knew what was going on and allowed it to continue. Try to 1.75 speed. It might be too fast. If we might, we have to go back to 1.5. Uh, say, say what you want about Tucker. Tucker's opening, wow, he's opening some doors, baby. Go ahead. COVID vax were so grotesque and so overwhelming that it's almost hard to watch them just two years later. But we should, because the people who told them are still effectively in charge. Here's one. It's from 2021. This is CDC Director Rochelle Walensky telling us, informing us, that anyone who takes the vax and then somehow manages to get infected, but that would never happen. But if it did happen, that person would not be able to spread the virus to anyone else. We promise. Watch. Can you, if you were to get infection with and vaccinated, could you give it to somebody else? Were you silently able to spread it? Those data were not covered in the clinical trials, but now data have emerged again that have demonstrated that even if you were to get uh, infected during uh, post-vaccination, that you can't give it to anyone no. else. Why hasn't she been charged with a crime? Well, she never will be. Uh, and of course, just a few years later, it turns out the whole thing was a disaster of world historic proportions. Books will be written about this at some point when we can tell the truth about it. A lot of people were killed or permanently disabled by it. How many is the question? How many people were hurt by the vax? How many people were killed by the vax? It was mandatory. Well, we just spoke to Brett Weinstein on this show, Professor Brett Weinstein. He told us he's seen research that up to 17 million people across the globe may have died from it. Watch. I was recently at a conference uh, in Romania on the COVID crisis. And so there was a lot of work trying to unpack what we actually understand and I saw a credible estimate of something like 17 million deaths globally from this technology. So 17 million deaths from the COVID vax? Well, when, you know, when you scale up to billions, uh, it's not hard to reach a number like that with a technology that's dangerous. Now to your deeper question, I think let's steal man. So just for perspective, I mean, that's like the death toll of a global war. Yes, absolutely. It is, this is a, a, a great tragedy of history. So that proportion. 17 million globally. Now, that's an estimate. And the interesting and most shocking fact, actually, is that we don't really know because no one seems to be keeping track, at least in this country, which is amazing considering what our government keeps track of. The Biden administration knows exactly how many transgender heart surgeons there are, how many bisexual Samoan airline pilots they keep track of it with Nazi-like precision. But how many people were killed or disabled by the COVID vax? They don't care. So they're not keeping track of those numbers. So it falls to people who don't work for the U.S. government. One of them is a man called Steve Kirsch, who is an MIT-trained inventor, by the way, a longtime donor to the Democratic Party, not a lifelong right-wing extremist or anything, a businessman. But he has now dedicated his time and his ample energy to figuring out exactly what the COVID vax did to this country and the world. He's the founder of the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. Steve Kirsch joins us now. Steve, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Tucker. It's great to be here. So before um, you tell us what you found, and you've been working on this, uh, it seems to me, day and night for a couple of years, Tell us your background, because it's it, you don't have a background in public health. It, it's sort of a weird life trajectory that you've had, which I think makes the story more compelling. How did you get to where you are now to doing this? Well, I, as a young uh, kid, I, in, uh, I had a summer school probability course uh, uh, when I was in high school, and, and that was just really uh, game-changing for me. I was uh, fascinated by math and just really excelled in math. And I went to MIT, uh, got a couple of degrees uh, from MIT, Left MIT, started uh, about seven different high-tech companies, a couple of billion-dollar, a uh, uh, couple of them had billion-dollar market caps. And then what happened is COVID essentially closed my business and that we couldn't go into work. And so I was looking to uh, do whatever I could uh, to make a difference so that, that uh, I could go back to work and everybody else could as well. And so I, I started looking at early treatments and, and started the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund, raised about $5 million dollars. And uh, we, we funded research on, on drugs like fluvoxamine, which was featured on 60 Minutes. And then uh, uh, there was, of course, this work on the vaccine in the background, and we were all very hopeful that uh, the vaccine would be successful. Yes. And so it, it, it came out, and 
the FDA said that they have tested it and it's um, it's totally safe and everybody should get it and uses this new novel technology. And of course, I'm a technologist, so I'm always looking for something that's new, better uh, technology. And uh, so they said, super safe, everybody should get it. And I said, look, even though that uh, I knew about early treatments and I knew that uh, fluvoxamine was effective in reducing long-haul COVID and, and if you got it early, people didn't seem to uh, suffer from, from COVID. Even though I had that, I said, oh, why don't I get an extra protection? So I myself uh, was vaccinated in March of uh, 2021, and I got two shots of Moderna. And then about a month later, I started hearing horror stories from my friends. I, I heard from one person who had three relatives who were perfectly healthy, and all three of them died a week after they got the vaccine. And I said to her, well, I, I said, that's impossible. That's statistically like so unlikely that it could never happen if it was caused by the vaccine. And she said, yeah, but they're dead. And then a week later, uh, the, the, our carpet cleaner comes uh, at our door and he's wearing a mask. And I, I give him a hard time. I say, hey, don't you know, if you take the vaccine, you don't have to wear a mask. And he said, well, I wasn't able to take both shots. And I said, why not? He said, well, after the first shot, two minutes after the first shot, I, he had a heart attack. And he, was, he spent the night in the hospital, and he has never been the same since yeah. that time. And so that was, that was the wake-up call for me when I saw it happening in my own personal circle because I was believing the whole narrative. I was selling the whole narrative until this guy shows up at my door um, to clean my carpet saying he had a heart attack two minutes after he got the shot, and he's but, never been the same, and his wife had symptoms too. So that's what led me to start to look and see, somebody's lying to me, and I don't think it's my friends. And so I started to look at the various data. I looked at all sorts of data. I looked at every piece of data I could lay my hands on, and it was all the same. It was all showing that these shots are causing a level of uh, uh, adverse events as well as death, mor morbidity and mortality, uh, beyond anything that's ever been seen before. Wait, can, I, so ask you to I, can I ask you to pause right there? So, the, yeah. you're, I mean, you're describing pure intellectual inquiry motivated by, you know, curiosity and concern, which is great. But you're also doing this in a context, and the context is the spring of 2021, where you are not allowed to question the vaccine if you want to remain friends with people, if you want to be considered a serious person, if you don't want to be trashed on Wikipedia, as you have been. And so you spend your whole life gathering accolades, going to, you know, impressive schools, making a ton of money, being celebrated in the press. And you must know on some level, because you're smart, that if you start talking about this stuff, all of that is over and you're going to be a thought criminal, and people are going to look at you sideways. Did you know that? No, I, I had no idea. I thought that if I told the truth, and I let people know about the facts and the data that I had uncovered, that people would basically say, oh, you're right. Uh, this looks like a big problem. We need to stop the shots. And I told my wife after, you know, before I did this, I said, hey, this will be over in like two weeks. I mean, yeah. it, it, the data is so clear that this is going to be done in two weeks. And I'm uh, we're, we're, we're still at it after all this time. So so tell us tell us what you found and what you have found and what your conclusions are. Well, what I found was all the data was consistent with this vaccine being the most dangerous vaccine of all time. I mean, there there are more reports on this vaccine in the various system, which is the, the vaccine adverse event reporting system. It's the official system um, for reporting adverse events for a vaccine. It's set up by the U.S. government. It's run by the U.S. government. And there were more reports for the covid vaccine than for all vaccines in history combined. And not only that, but we found out later that the, this, this VAERS system, which they set up to monitor for safety, had triggered 770 different safety signals. Now, normally, a vaccine only will trigger zero safety signals. It'd be a really unusual for a vaccine to trigger any safety signals in VAERS, especially because the way they define these safety signals makes it almost impossible for a vaccine to trigger a safety signal. But this vaccine triggered 770, 770 safety signals. So what did the CDC do about it? They basically told no one. The only reason that we even found out about it is because someone issued a Freedom of Information Act request to the CDC requesting, could you show me the output of the analysis of the safety signal analysis you're supposed to do? And so they got back a spreadsheet showing 770 safety signals were triggered. That is mind-blowing. That is not a three-alarm fire. That is a 770-alarm fire. Okay, so folks, now again, ask yourself this. Is the average local pastor talking about this? Now, he isn't talking about this, and there's two reasons why. Only two reasons why. Number one, 
he doesn't know about it, which to me would be without excuse. <laughs> without excuse that he wouldn't know this. Or number two, he knows about it, and he's been te- he hasn't been telling his people about it, and now he's embarrassed. Does Amen. Anybody have, does anybody have any other option what it could possibly be? So I, I would ask those of us who are, are here, same stuff going on with abortion, all this kind of stuff. Folks, there is a an evil force at work within our nation. It's called Lucifer. It's called the works of the devil. And the church won't even recognize nor identify it. I don't think Amen. in the history of mankind we've ever seen anything remotely like this. Hey, folks, we uh, there are probably more pastors talking about Coke making you fat than vaccines killing people. Why is it? What could possibly be the reason that those of us who are supposed to know the truth and speak the truth and defend the truth are so missing in action on this issue? Somebody help me out here. Because I, I can tell you right now, you walk into your local church, they don't want to talk about this. Anybody going to a church where they're all talking about it? And if you're all talking about it, is anybody calling their congressman or anybody calling their sheriff? Anybody calling anybody saying, hey, this vaccine's killing people. This is killing people. Or if there's global warming, everybody would know, wouldn't they? If there's global warming, everybody would know what's going on. The, the, the facts are irrefutable that these vaccines are killing people, or if they're not killing them, they're ruining their lives. Adverse effects, they call it, and not a peep from the church. One in, Jeff. Well, Coach, ever since the beginning of your show, you started just talking just about general topics there with Christians and each other. I'll say this. The lack of even being able to speak about Jesus to somebody is what's killing people. Yeah. And I just went through an experience this weekend. I'll share real quick. Some of you know the situation. You know it, Coach. Roger knows it and a few others. The last, and I'm going to use this window, the last three years that Biden's been president, just say three years, I've seen my grandkids and my kids, Ryan and his my four grandkids, once in the last three years. And that was 2022 for Christmas evening, and it didn't go well. And they're Christian family. So this has been heavy on me for years. We've been going through this for the last 10 years. Because they don't want to hear anything. They don't want to hear it. I don't care whether you speak to your politicians, whether you speak on the square, whether you speak in the garage, whether you speak at school board meetings, whether you speak to your family at Thanksgiving. So I had a breakfast Saturday morning with my son. And started off with prayer and we ended with prayer. And the discussion through it. I laid out my case the first 10 minutes to him. Just tell him where my heart is. About 10 minutes into this hour and a half breakfast, he said, now I'm starting to get mad. I said, wait, wait, wait a minute. You accuse me of coming in because he said, made the statement. Here's what he said. Well, dad, you come in and you just tell everybody they're going to hell. I said, whoa, son, whoa. <laughs> I have never, ever come in at Thanksgiving or any events or any family members, never told any of the family members they're going to hell. I might say a comment about something when something dumb is said, but they take it as you're going, I'm saying they're going to hell. So we had a great conversation. We went through a lot of stuff. You had to open up the Bible with him a couple times, share some scripture, and I used some scenarios over the years of people in the garage with real problems, people in the square with real problems, people at school board meetings, and we reach them. We're not out just chopping people's heads off everywhere we go. So we went through all this. And I'll just say this to to end it. I'm not going to go through everything. Maybe sometime I'll share with you bright one-on-one. But it ended with, Dad, I love you. (laughs) I said, son, I love you. So we've come to the agreement. I said, listen, my my one granddaughter's uh, 19 or 20. She's in college at the NAS. The two twin boys are 17 or 18. They're getting ready to pick a college. I don't know these kids. And the one youngest one, she's probably, I don't know. Gosh, bad when you don't even know your grandkids' ages, but she's probably 14 or 15. The other day I was talking about her. I told my son, I said, the other day I was talking about her. I couldn't even think of her name. Mm. 
I said, how pathetic. Grandpa, can you remember the name of that little girl, Anna? I couldn't remember it. That just dropped on my spirit. So I, and I, you know, I mean, I didn't know how this was going to go Saturday morning going into this. I thought, I got to do this. I am tired of this. Pastor Bill told me a few years ago, he said, don't go into the farmer's orchard with the chainsaw. If he's going to let you pick apples. And then a little <laughs> bit later, he said, all right. He said, time to get the chainsaw, JC. <laughs> I mean, I went into it not knowing if he's going to walk out of there mad at me again in another 10 years of not speaking. But I said, listen, you tell me where these boys, if they're playing, the twin boys are playing volleyball game at the NAS campus. Tell me when the game is. I'm coming. So I'm going to step it out yeah, and yeah. go. You know what I mean? Division, man. Yeah. The enemy sows division, sure. baby. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Good. That's good news, Jeff. Bless you, man. Mark, come on in. And Tim. Coach, Coach, what was so amazing about that guy's testimony was what he told his wife. He said, this will be over in a couple weeks. Yep, yep, yep. He, he believed that once the truth was out, that people would stop. Do you know what that is a perfect illustration of, Coach? Noah. Mm, Noah went goodness. to God and said, <laughs> I, can, I can tell him that this genetic modification is bad. I know you, Lord. I can do this thing. And one by one by one, the years ticked away for 200 years, Coach. Wow, 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 wow. That's what this guy witnessed. And he's seeing it ticking away. It's still going. It ain't mm. stopped. Amen. Mark, why isn't this word spreading throughout the churches? I think it's they've been vaccinated is what came to mind when you said it. Think about the people before Noah. They'd already done the special things the watchers wanted them to do or mated with their genetic line or whatever it was, coach, that made them irredeemable. Mm -hmm. Who says irredeemable in our society? I do. I do. Yeah. God throws the people in the fire. Yes, he does. Amen. Irredeemable. That's right. That's right. And so, the, again, folks, if we understand that, if we don't lose sight of that, this is a spiritual war, seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman. Folks, come on, come on. Mitch McConnell ain't no Christian. Joe Biden ain't no Christian. Fauci ain't no Christian. Come on. Come on. And the church sits back silently and lets their people be murdered. It's, 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 un it's unbelievable. Tim Parker, good to hear from you, Tim. Come on in. It's good to be back, Coach. I. I've studied this and it blows your mind, but I, I'm convinced you asked about why the pastors in the churches are quiet. I, I really believe so many of them are ignorant of the gospel itself. They're ignorant of our founding. They do not know that we were founded on purely Christian teaching. And this is why I beat the drum for Lex Rex. I know oh. it's a Latin term, but mm. our founders created our country as a Lex Rex country. That's founded on God, God's gospel, Christ's gospel, but God's law. And when the yeah. church forgets that, uh, we're messed up. And I think everybody would agree we're messed up. Tim, I think, I think the church is teaching almost everything except that the government has become our enemy. They, they, they don't even go there at all, right? They don't even they don't even paint to the people the spiritual war that this is not just political, that there's an element out there trying to destroy not only you individually, but trying to destroy the image of Christ in America because if America falls, the world is doomed. We are the Christian bastion of America. And how we can talk about spiritual warfare and everything that's going on. And for pastors not to make that connection, brother, it's, it, I'm telling you, it's beyond me, Tim. Well, I know that you know that uh, when I pushed against the COVID vaccine, I told our, our church, the deacons, that we were bowing to a new God in America. And they told me, Tim, you don't have any idea what you're talking about. I knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. So until we get back to God's word, and believe it. And I appreciated the way you started this whole session today. Uh, hey, 
the more I know, the more I know, I the less I know. But I'll tell you what, the majesty of what I know today is miles above where I was many years ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that so, one. Uh, yep. At any rate, God bless. And I just, to me, until the church gets their act together, our country's in trouble. I can sit there and criticize everybody, but I start with the church. Amen. The, the fault lies at the feet of the church. Amen. First John 3, pull that up for me, producer. Come on in, Glenn. First John, not John 1, First John 3. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, could it be that uh, many of the pastors uh, are guilty? They took the vaccine, so how can they say anything about it? Uh, how can they say anything against it? Just saying. But, 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 but hey, Glenn, it, Glenn, if I, I hear what you're saying, but if I was a, uh, let's say I'd been tricked into drinking and driving and I had a wreck, I'd walk back in the church and I would tell everybody I was wrong. I'm sorry, I was wrong. You can't get away with that. What, yeah, you would think so, right? Right. I, you know, I watched... I watched I watched that video uh, yesterday, uh, and he goes he goes further and talks about um, how the how the vac- vaccine has caused autism in a lot of children, you know. And a lot of my a lot of my siblings they all they all got vaccinated, and so to show them this is just rubbing it in their face. But I do have a nephew whose wife had triplets, and I think I'm going to send it to them because maybe there's some hope for them. <laughs> Maybe hey Glenn, there ain't a they're not a there ain't a Dobbenmeyer ancestor. My family has had any of that poison put in them. Not not one of them, man. Not one of them. And uh I don't say that to be bragging, but we were vigilant about it. We were there were some headaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, who wants to believe their dad, right? Who wants to believe this guy's just got a podcast? Who who really wants to believe that? But our our grandchildren all today are pure. Not, not with that, not with that crap running through their veins. Come on, in, Lawrence. I'm still looking for something. Go ahead. Were you done, Glenn? I didn't mean to cut you off. That, that's in. it. Come on in, Laura. Well, the church that my daughter attends um, frequently, uh, they were holding vaccine clinics there, and they kept trying to convince her that she was supposed to be jabbed. And I had told them if they did because she was already vaccine injured, I'd file a lawsuit against them. Maybe we ought to sue some of them. Maybe we ought to sue some pastors. Go ahead. You know, because it's, now they're becoming, they're, and and it just goes to prove that they're a government church because right. they're holding, I mean, they held two of them there and they held a blood drive. And I already told my daughter, I'm like, you can not get a blood transfusion from anyone who's not had a vaccine prior to um, 2018. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, after um, 2018. I mean, I don't even know it's all of it. And I know she's already vaccine injured. So listen, folks, know- so listen, if you haven't had the jab, save that blood. It's going to be worth something. Save your blood. It's going to be worth something. I'm sorry, Lauren. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm with you. Hey, no, I mean, and that's and and that's and that's the truth, you know. And all these bills and everything that they're doing, they're trying to make you co-parents. With you, you're supposed to be the foster parent of the government now, and they're trying to take in Illinois. You know, they're trying to take your our rights away as parents uh, for our kids because they're gonna just like that little girl, that four year old or child in Indiana. They took the parent. They took the uh, the child away from the parents, and now they're charging them. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, that goes back to Isaiah 56.10. Perhaps you can pull that one up there, Mr. Uh, Jonathan, while I'm thinking about it. Isaiah 56.10. Because, again, we've been mistaught. We don't understand. <clears throat> His, Israel's watchmen are blind. Now, time out a minute. Who would that be? Who are the watchmen of Israel? The elders and pastors, coach. Yep. Israel's watchmen are blind. Go to John, uh, John 10. Where, where am I? Isaiah 56, 10. I'm sorry, John. Go, just go to Isaiah 56 and go down to 10. <clears throat> Beginning at 10. That's what it just said. Yeah, just go down to 10. <clears throat> there you go. His watchmen are blind. 
All right, guys. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. Lying down, loving to slumber. Who? Israel's watchmen. Who's Israel's watchmen? Pastors, leaders. They're greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They're shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his own gain from his own quarter. I'm going to pause right there for some amens. I'll pause for some amens. Go ahead. I'll wait a minute. Amen. Amen. Come ye, say they, and I'll fetch wine, and we'll fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow shall be this day only much more abundant. Our, our, our watchmen are afraid to bark. Amen. Afraid to bark. A lot of reasons why, baby. But when this whole story is played out, and 100 years from now, or 200 years from now, and they talk about what took place in the early 2000s, the finger will be pointed squarely at the men in the pulpit. The watchmen were blind. They were dumb dogs, afraid to bark. Amen. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. And so we're listening. We're taking the word of Mitch McConnell because our pastors won't say anything about it. We don't know who else is talking about. Hey, hey, listen, Bob Evans, you used to be a normal guy. You'll start listening to that coach Dave. Now you don't even think straight. You guys, huh? You guys, look, if you guys, if you, hey, Bob, if you quit listening to coach Dave, I, I think maybe you'll fall back in place and you'll be okay. And you'll just be, you'll just be a little tin soldier marching off to whatever. That's, folks, that's the truth. That's the truth. Peculiar people, the Bible calls us peculiar people. Dr. Paul, come on in. Coach, what if we don't survive this unless we make uh, abortion illegal again, like it should be? The murder of babies, the sanctity of life. In Genesis, where he said divide. What if we don't unless we make abortion what it is? Which is Paul, let me, let, me, let me use this illustration. My, grand, my, my grandkids have chickens. Chickens. And we got to make sure they put those chickens in every night because why? Because there are animals out there going to get those chickens. And if one of those chickens gets eaten, somebody's pissed off. Right? But they're killing chickens, little chick chickens in the womb, and nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares except the husbandman probably does. The daddy of all of them probably does. We wash our hands of it, say it doesn't matter. We got to make abortion murder again that's what you're saying right paul make abortion murder again i might put it in oath used to say it coach hippocratic oath was yeah. very clear about that let's make so abortion murder again. the language coach amen amen change change your words change your world dale uh, hallelujah coach pastors and doctors have that one thing in common two things in common you're not allowed to question them, right? You go to the doctor, you're not allowed to question them, not allowed to question the pastor. One's killing you physically and one's killing you spiritually. Now, Coach, I, I know a church down here, a mega big church, brother. Let me tell you why they don't want to talk about it, because they had them doggone uh, them jab uh, buses right in, their, right in their church parking lot and encouraging their people. These are Christian churches too, Coach telling your people to go ahead and get that jab. And now to have to come back and say you're sorry and oh, lose boy. your position and lose your job and lose your money. Coach, I, I, I'm, I'm cursed with some rightness, and I was right on this. And I will say this, I wear a badge of honor in a humble way to say there's not a person, not a, a, a child of mine, not a grandchild of mine that took any kind of jab whatsoever. And you know what? I, my hands are clean on this one. Amen, baby. Amen. Amen. And if not, it's time to repent and get your hands clean. Judah. Praise God. Praise God. My children are not anywhere vaccinated. It is amazing. You know, we saw, um, and unfortunately, as people are waking up to this, those 5013Cs in these churches, I think a moment that really stuck out in my head was watching before Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham, did a commercial promoting the jabs. Mm. And you got to go, 
if that didn't wake somebody up to understand what these guys were after, God help us. There's an army of, of God's people waking up. Amen. Hey, hey, the truth is, our pastors are either ignorant or cowardly, and neither one of them is good. I'll see you tomorrow.